Welcome to The Prophetic Angle. This is Pastor Rick, and I want to talk to you about investing. Now, before we get started today, and I'm going to talk to you specifically about precious metals, and before we get started today, I just want to mention to you that I am still looking at my options and the alternatives that are presented as different uh, platforms come to the fore because of the current climate of censorship and so forth, canceling the cancel culture and all that. So you can find me on Gab TV at The Prophetic Angle. You can find me on Telegram at The Prophetic Angle. And you can find me, obviously, here, The Prophetic Angle. Also on Rumble, The Prophetic Angle. Now, there are other options that are coming over the horizon, and we're waiting anxiously to see if they may better serve my purpose or uh, what criteria or features they they have or require. So please stay tuned for that and keep coming back here at The Prophetic Angle on your podcast platform and share with your friends. I want to broaden the scope of my audience, but of course, I only want those that are interested in what I have to say and I want to engage with me on pertinent matters of prophetic importance uh, that come from a biblical basis. I'd like to address things that are currently transpiring and that affect us because I do believe that while today or tomorrow may not be the very end, but I do believe that we are moving toward the end of the age. And I, I really feel like it's time for us to awaken out of our sleep and our apathy and lethargy and move with wisdom and discretion and excitement, also with hope. So stay tuned. All right. Now, when we're talking about money and investing, a lot of times Christians get really leery of where you may be going next. Now, there are the prosperity teachers, and then there's also the poverty teachers. And I don't necessarily align myself with either of those two labels. Um, The poverty teachers teach there's a premium on being poor. You know, the more the poorer you are, the more spiritual you are because you're putting everything off to the afterlife, basically is the philosophy they subscribe to. Whereas the prosperity teachers teach uh, some of them that have gone to extremes uh, imply, or at least people perceive, that unless they have you know a brand new luxury automobile and live in a mansion and wear fine, fine, fine clothes, expensive clothes, opulency uh, is their testimony. And unless that is their testimony, then somehow they're not spiritual or they're not uh, complying with God's precepts of prosperity. Now, I just believe that as it is the case with everything, there is a balance to be struck, and the balance is found in the Scripture. So I want to allude to a few passages of Scripture, and then we'll get into the specifics about what I have recently found. Or maybe I'll just go ahead and and tell you that um, I have invested. I won't tell you about my investments over the decades. Um, They're not large compared to some. 
But later in my years, I found that I could get a return on my investments if I use a certain amount of wisdom and information in a calculated manner, that God was pleased with that and that he would bless me for being a good steward of the money that he entrusted me with. In other words, don't go out and spend it all. Don't uh, go out and just waste it. On the other hand, don't feel like I have to be so tight that I can't enjoy the life that God has given us or live a certain standard of living that was, you know, balanced and presented the blessing of the Lord in a manner that was palatable and acceptable and appealing to other people. So I've tried to govern myself in that way. And of course, being humans, we deviate sometimes from the exactness of what God's standard might be, but He always, by His Spirit and Word, gets us back on that path, even if we veer just a little bit. So it it all boils down to the heart and making yourself open to God and His teaching. Recently, I have found out that there are things going on behind the scenes globally, nationally, and yeah, sometimes locally, that we are not necessarily privy to. I'm not completely 100% informed on those things, but I'm beginning to find out there's a lot of manipulation that's going on in the area of economics, finances, and uh, even the stock market. So because of that, there is a focus by many, and some, again, take it to an extreme. So right away, I want you to know I'm not trying to imply that if you are not informed in this area or if you're not an extremist in this area, then you're not on the right track. I just want you to be aware that this may be something you want to look into in as much as you can. You know, we all have different circumstances, and therefore um, the principles are what matter, not exact uh, numbers and uh, comparing ourselves one with the other, but by pleasing God, by looking at principles and operating in a manner that is informed and sober, based on the scripture. So I want to talk about precious metals, but before I do, I was looking in my uh, search for scriptures about investment. And uh, I know you're familiar with the parable of the talents. And the, let's just look at one scripture in Matthew chapter 25 and we'll see the parable of the talents here. The, the man took the journey, called his servants, and trusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents. Now that is not the ability to sing or play the piano. We've always looked at talents in our vernacular as the ability to entertain or a certain skill. Now, that doesn't mean it can't involve a certain skill because what we're looking at here is a profit that is made 
by doing something. And in this case, it is by either investing a skill or investing the monies that one has at their disposal. So that's what we're talking about. Actually, talents are in this scripture is money. And if I look at the meaning here, it says a talent was a monetary unit worth about 20 years wages for a laborer. So 20 years. I mean, if you made $50,000 a year, which would be, I don't even know if that's low middle class right now, but you might be barely in middle class at $50,000 a year. And you took 20 years of that, uh, two years would be 100000 So 20 years would be what? A million dollars? A million dollars. Yeah, a million dollars. So <clears throat> to one, he gave a million dollars, just for the sake of illustration. To another, he gave two talents. So that would be, we'd have to extrapolate down what that would be, don't have time to do that, but obviously it's less, but still a significant amount of money, and to another one. So if five talents is 20 years, then, uh, you know, one talent, what, would be maybe four years. So maybe maybe uh, two talents would be eight years. So I, I think that's right. That's just off the top of my head. So still, the one with one had four years, that would be, in our example, 50,000 times four would be 100,000, right? Let's see, four times 50 would be, four times 50, no, that would be 200,000, 200,000, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them. In other words, he did enterprise. He invested, he bartered, he bought and sold. He, he used the money that was given to him as a steward in a wise way to increase it. And he made five talents more. So, so if he had a million dollars, he wound up with two million. Wow. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. So there he was with... Uh, twice as much, but the one who received one talent went and dug it, dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So, you know, he just wanted to keep it. But remember, with, uh, and I know we're, we're moving into the area of economics and into the area of finances and um, so forth, but remember, there is the rate of inflation that's always in motion today. I don't know, is it 3% or more? But just 3% for a little bit of a, something to allude to. So he buried his money. So in effect, he's lost money when the master returns. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered me five talents here. I had made five talents more. He master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will Set you over much, enter into the joy of your master. And he also had, who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you've delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much, enter into the joy 
of the Lord. Now, it's kind of fascinating here that the master said to the servant, the first two servants, they'd been faithful over a little. I think he's speaking relative to what they're going to get because they had been faithful. Because to me, a million dollars is not a little. But again, I'm using that number for an example. But you understand, though, it was a significant amount of money if it was 20 years of labor, whatever that would be back in that day. Verse 24 in Matthew chapter 25 says, He also who had received one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. So I don't think here the problem is that the man preserved and didn't lose the actual face value of the money. I think it was because of his posturing of operating in fear, the wrong perception, the wrong attitude. And so therefore, he didn't take any risks. You know, he figured he was being rather being safe than sorry, but he wound up being sorry. So he says to the master, here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked, wow, and slowful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown, gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So the very least you could have done is put it in the bank and you would have gotten at least, you may not have kept up with inflation. This is my paraphrase. But at least you would have not wound up with what I gave you only. And so in the parable, we remember this is a parable to make a point. Parables are stories to make a point. They are not necessarily literal things that occurred. They could occur. But Jesus is trying to illustrate by telling a story principles so verse 28 so take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents well he doesn't need it but because he was faithful over the most that was given then the master who was the decider the decision maker he he gave him what the wicked and slowful servant had left which basically was what he started with and then he says for to everyone who has will more be given and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness in the place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, wow. Obviously, we can talk about the spiritual implications of this and just remove the whole story um, content of money out of it because we've got plenty of scripture that teach salvation and cannot be purchased with money that um, money can be a god that money can be uh, a downfall and has been for many people so of course people take that and then they say money's evil it doesn't the bible doesn't say that it says the love of money is the root of all evil so you know, any time we start talking about any topic, we have uh, pitfalls all around we can fall in. We don't want to do that. Um, we could talk about the, the um, 
example here illustrating spiritual principles, which it does, that if a person is trusted with much, um, obviously they would understand money because money is something that we practically use every day. So he used money for the story. But if a person is trusted with much, you know, and they don't use it, then they lose it. So you've heard that said. That's kind of a biblical principle. If you don't use it, you lose it. And even if you don't completely lose it, you lose what you could uh, accomplish with it. Okay, so I could go that direction and talk about that. But since I'm talking about money and since Jesus did use this illustration, he's not averse for people understanding that there is a healthy perception of how money can be increased and invested and used for God's glory. So I think that there's different levels of meaning here that can be drawn and gleaned from this parable. And as you can see, I'm almost out of time. So I want to keep these podcasts to, you know, hopefully around 20 minutes and no longer than 30, hopefully. So you'll keep coming back. So there's going to be a part two. And I'm going to focus on gold and silver and what I have found out here recently about precious metals. Uh, There's other precious metals besides gold and silver. But I want to talk to you a little bit about gold and silver. But I want you to notice that... We are stewards, and in the area of stewardship, before we finish this part one of the podcast on investing, we'll call it investing part one, I, I want to uh, point out that um, throughout the Bible, money is mentioned. And so obviously it's a pitfall, but it is also a practical part of our lives in this world. You know, being able to have a means of exchange where we can purchase and sell and and invest and uh, gain wealth, but not for the purposes of tearing down our barns and building greater so we can have more wealth, so we can brag about it, so we can live the most opulent life in the neighborhood, but so that we can please God and leave a legacy for those that uh, come behind us so that if, even if we don't <clears throat> particularly use it all, it is there for our heirs and so forth. So there's a lot to be discussed here. And, you know, I, I'm only sharing with you my experience because I believe that some of you that listen to me uh, trust what I have to say. You'll learn what I have learn from, and it will help you, and then you will help others. So I found it to be very interesting that the gold and silver is something that at this part of my life, I'm beginning to find out more about it than I ever have before. And this is where I'm going to conclude right now, and we'll open up talking about coins and gold and silver and the investment in in gold and silver and precious stones on the next episode of the Prophetic Angle Investing Part 2. So let's pray. Father, every one of us, breathing the breath of air, eating food, wearing clothes, we have been blessed 
and you've, you've provided for us jobs, income, gifts, opportunities, and we don't want to squander what you have entrusted us with. We want to enjoy it, but more importantly, we want to glorify you with it by using it in a manner that is pleasing to you and in accordance with your word. So help my friends today to understand we're living in a time when money can fail. And we'll talk about that some too. The fiat money system may very well fail. It could fail soon. And we don't want to live all of our lives and then lose what we have been entrusted with. We don't want to be the one that buries our money or our opportunities and then wind up with not even that. So help us to be wise servants and prosperous stewards for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, tune back in real soon and we'll continue this part two on investing.